Loving God, loving people. Welcome to Shiloh Church in Oakland, California. Here's today's message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. Shiloh is called to be a church, a local body of believers that affects its region, its city, its region, and the world. That's our call. That's what we're going to do. And even this year, as you hear about missions trips, I want to encourage you to go. 86 people, non-ministry, non-pastor people, went on outreaches with us this last year missions trip. So I encourage you, go. There's going to be one in October to Ethiopia. We have some to Mexico. We encourage you to go and be a part of all that God is doing now. Amen? God is up to some amazing things. You saw the video of... um, and the missions trip to Malawi, people got frustrated. The lines were so long, they didn't have enough supplies. So you know what they did? They started praying for people. And as they began to pray for people, people were healed in line and didn't have to wait till the front of line. That's our God. That is the God we serve. Amen. And, and I believe God's got some amazing things for you in 2018. One thing you didn't see on the video, which I'd love to report, is in um, 2016, July of 2016, we bought the Legacy House, which was Pastor Violet's house, our, the founder of this church's house. So we had the opportunity to buy that. That On Wednesday night, we burnt the mortgage. We paid that thing off. That thing is paid. Your church is debt free. We have zero debt, no debt whatsoever. The goodness and the graciousness of our God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to be debt free too. Come on. How many of you believe that? Come on. God wants you to be debt free too. You know, as we were praying and Pastor Melinda shared that word, you know, I The Lord showed me something clearly as John was sharing about the miracle in his ear. God spoke to me about Victoria Rogers and said she will be worshiping Jesus. She's going to have a song of the Lord. She's going to be a musician in the house. And you're going to see her worshiping Jesus. And she is going to draw many unto her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Also, as uh, Karen was sharing that scripture, it's funny, previous service we had this scripture, didn't feel to share it, but I just want to read this scripture in 1 Samuel 3, 19, it says, and Samuel grew. Look at your neighbor and say, I see growth in your life. Tell your other neighbor, I see growth. And that's because of Christmas. No. (laughs) Uh, and, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. There's some words that have been spoken over your life. The word of God has been spoken over you and you need to not let those fall to the ground. Amen. You may think that they're dead and they're done. No, no, no. Give God time. You watch what he's going to do with his word. And all Israel from from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. I want you to hear that. So there were some words that came, and so much happened in Samuel's life that the region knew he was a man of God. God wants others to see that he's at work in your life. See, God doesn't want to just bless you. He wants to bless others through you. So your blessing will be a spoil, a spillover, overflowing blessing. 
It won't stay just with you. It will go beyond. You heard the word. It will go beyond these walls. It will go beyond your Christian duty. It will become part of your everyday life. Amen? So they will look at you and say, this is a person that is established in God. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. There's a word for you, and God is saying, I am reappearing. I am reminding you of that word. There's a promise. There's a word that God has placed inside of you. And even today, as we begin this new series, The Christian Life, you can't move into this series without talking first about the power of the word. The power of God's word. And God's word comes and changes lives. It gives birth to new things in your life. Now, the Bible, there's a lot that study the Logos word, and nothing wrong with that. We're all for that. We have a pathway program. We have all that, and we believe in that. But you get into the word to get a rhema word, a now word, a living word for your situation. God's word is more than just poetry and ideas, more than just theology and statements. I want you to hear this. God's word is a conversation to us. It is a desire to be in relationship with us. And there's maybe some here today or watching online, and I want to apologize to you if you are new to this Christian thing or you're just checking us out because we've made God's word look like sound bites, like just these little powerful statements, cliches. And that's not all that God's Word is. God is powerful, but God's Word is a conversation. It shows that He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal Himself to you through His Word. It's through His Word. So it's not just some cute little sayings. It's not five words that you tweet on a Twitter. See, God wants to enter a conversation. And it's interesting because society does not want that. If anything, society's moved away from conversation. They've moved into a place of opinion, of my view, of what I think. But there's no real conversation. If there's no conversation, you will not have understanding. Amen? If we don't hear each other out, if we do not hear what God is speaking to us, then we'll never get revelation to what he's trying to do through us. Did you hear that? You got to hear him speak in order to see him do. You got to hear him speak in order to see him move. You got to hear him speak in order to see the miracles of God in your life. And so this sermon series, The Christian Life and the Power of the Word, His Word is powerful. The Bible says it's like a, it's like a two-edged sword in Hebrews that comes and it cuts. It cuts bone. It comes meat. It comes and it gets to the point. And I want you to hear God's Word is here today to get to the point. See, and God's Word transforms. Romans 12 talks about our, that God, He wants to not to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of our mind. But see, we want to be transformed by theology, by ideals, by opinions. But true transformation starts in my spirit, man. It starts with a seed that is planted inside my spirit, man. Not in my soul, not in my feelings and my emotions, not in my mind, but in my spirit, man. That's why you'll read the word, and even now as you're hearing the word, if there'll be something inside of you that'll say yes, and then you'll step back and say, what in the world does that mean? Because there's something inside of you, and that's your spirit, man. And the Bible talks about, there's the, the parables in John 6 that you see the story of the sower and the seed and how we need to sow the seed, God's word, in people's lives. And if you look at the meaning of that word, seed, it actually comes from the word sperma, which is sperm. You all know what sperm is, right? Okay, very good. That's the initiator of a new thing. Right? In order, you know, for us, for people, a new creation, there's got to be sperma there, and, and, and it's got to come together. And that's what God's Word does. God's Word is inside of you. Bible says He created you. He formed you. He fashioned you. Your mom and your daddy didn't make you. God fashioned you. Did you hear that? Your mama and your daddy did not form you. God fashioned you and created you on purpose and with a purpose. And inside of you, remember, in the image and the likeness of God. So that means in order for you to be who God's called you to be, His Word has to come into your spirit, man, and it's got to germinate. The sperma of the Word has to come in to begin to develop something that only God can develop in you. See, some of you have been getting your development from others and not God. Your opinions from others and not God. That's why you're frustrated. That's why you're a frustrated Christian. You're upset, you're angry, and you maybe you have the right to be, but you're reacting and not responding. See, God's Word helps us to respond. God's Word helps us to bring life. So His Word comes in, and it begins to germinate and bear fruit in our lives. That's why in that same chapter... John 6, you go down, that's a big one. That's got all kinds of verses. So you go way down into the verses there, and he begins to talk about how you've got to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Eat the word, right? Jesus was the word. Jesus is the word. From the beginning, the word was there. When this world was being creative, the Word was there. The Word was creating with God. See, God's Word is a creative Word. It's a reaction. It moves. It changes things. God's Word will bear fruit in your life if you allow it to settle into your spirit, man, and not just in your head. See, when you try to reason with who God is and figure Him out by your mind and what you're really doing is creating the God you want Him to be. Do you want me to say that to you again? Because I think it kind of... 
When you allow God's word and you think that God's word is just there to change your mind and you don't allow him to change your spirit man first, then all you're really doing when he gets just in here and you don't allow him in here in your spirit man, then all you're doing is creating the God you want him to be. And let me tell you, you can't mess with God. You can't reform him. You can't remodel him. You can't modify him. God is God. And so the revelation, I believe, God is bringing to your life now. Now, at this moment, at this time, is because he wants to see that word he's put in your spirit, man, begin to take hold. Have you ever done that? You read the Bible, you didn't understand it. Five years later, you read the same verse, and all of a sudden, a light turns on. All of a sudden, that word comes in alignment with what God has placed in your spirit, man, and you go try to share it with somebody else, and you don't even know what to say. Here you thought you had it all figured out, but it was the Holy Spirit that brought revelation to you because you finally get it, let it get beyond your Beyond the layers of you. How many of you know you got a lot of layers? You're one of those bean casserole, multi-layered things. You let it get from your head, through your soul, and into your spirit. But sometimes it takes life and those things you go through to allow there to be a place to receive that word. That's why sometimes hear, people hear a prophetic word and they want to see it done now. But it ain't for 18 years. David got anointed and said, you will be king. But he didn't become king for 18 years. You think when his son Absalom was chasing him in caves, he thought he was going to be king? He said, what word was that? And some of you have heard a word and you allow your circumstance to determine that is not the word of the Lord. That is a lie of the enemy. See, God's word is called the good news, not the good report. The report has nothing to do with the good news. Did you hear me? The report has nothing to do with the good news of God's word in your life now. Did you hear that? Forget the report. Forget what CNN is saying. I mean, some of you even quit watching CNN and you're watching BBC. And some of us are no longer watching BBC. You're watching some underground news station, some kid in a basement. Because you're getting all your news from there. You need to go to the book and hear God's news over your life here and now. And you watch some of those things you have passion for. When you line up with the word, you get in the head of the word. But when you come back and realign with the word, isn't the Lord good that he realigns us? How many of us go off alignment once in a while? Come on, we all do. We all need a little realigning, a little readjusting. That's what the Holy Spirit's there to do. Realign you to his word. You know, you get into Oprah and you get into Dr. Phil and you even get into the 700 Club and the TBN Club. Let me tell you, get into Jesus' club. Get into the book. Get into the Word and watch what God will begin to reveal to you in this hour and in this moment. John 6 says, verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. 
This is that same chapter where Jesus had just done miracles. Jesus had just fed 5,000 with some fishies and some loaves of bread. How many of you are so glad that Daniel's fast is over? Praise the God. How many of you are going to go watch the Super Bowl today? You can care less who's playing. You just want some food. That's me. I could care less. Actually, what I was worried about was what do they do? You know, they make 2 million t-shirts. Right now, there's 2 million t-shirts that say the Patriots are going to win. I see Porsches over there wearing a Patriot jersey. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Any Eagles fans in here? There, praise the Lord. And I see, and then they made 2 million shirts that say the Eagles are going to win. And I told my wife, what in the world happens to all that stuff? And I was worried that it was going to waste, but my, my wonderful researcher wife went and looked it up. And what happens is World Vision, now for 20 years, they take those t-shirts and they take them to other countries and give them away to people and families. Amen? So if you go on a missions trip, because this has happened to me, and you go to the Philippines, or you go to Ethiopia, or Malawi, or Tanzania, and you look at that and say, uh, they didn't win. That's how that t-shirt got there, okay? So don't make fun of them, all right? That's why we're helping. We're helping. Amen? So here, the Lord produces these fish, and all of a sudden, he begins to shrink the church. Because he starts talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And the Bible says everybody took off. He had tens of thousands, and they're gone. And now it's just him and his disciples. And they were all excited. Yes, 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 yes. But then when they looked at the crowd, they probably weren't that excited anymore. But there was something that had resonated in them. There was revelation. They had heard Jesus talking about death and resurrection and victory. And this is when Jesus begins to tell them. He cleared out the room. So imagine today, all those that shouldn't be here aren't here. He's cleared out the room for you to hear what you need to hear today. And here he says, Jesus said to them in verse 35 of John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Then it goes down to verse 48. I told you there's a lot of verses. You're going to have to turn the page. Come on, turn the page. Swipe the page, whatever you do. Turn it. Swipe it. If you don't have notes, you need to borrow some paper from a neighbor. Or borrow their phone or tell them to send you their notes when you're done. And then in verse 48 it says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. Right? Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, this is how you should pray. Right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he says what? Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I know you're just thinking about a sausage egg McMuffin from McDonald's. But that's not what God is talking about. He is talking about his word. Yeah, give us a substance, but also what we really need is his word. There's some of you in here waiting for sound bites. You love the testimony John shared. You love the word, Pastor Melinda. You want, you want sound bites. You want hoot, hot, and hoorays. But you're not allowing the word to penetrate deep inside of you. My prayer for you, what we prayed before this service started, was that the word would penetrate into your spirit, man. Amen? 
that it would take root in ways you didn't even know, that it would agree with other words that God has been speaking over you so that you could begin to see the will of God come to fruition in your life. And then it says, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and what happened to them? They died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. See, when you eat of Jesus' bread, you will not die. See, he went to the cross. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And you and I have victory because Jesus died. Tell, him, tell your neighbor, Jesus died for you already. I want you to remember that. Write it real big. Jesus died for me already. And circle it. Circle it. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. So that when one may eat of it and not die. What does Jesus have? Resurrection power. What's, if, what's living inside of you and you don't even know it? Resurrection power. So I don't care if the doctors have used the C word on you. You got cancer. Cancer is nothing compared to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Healing is coming to you in Jesus' name. Come on. Tell your neighbor, healing's coming to you. I really hear the Lord saying that when we were praying, just see, I saw a sea get wiped out, cancer wiped out in Jesus' name. Amen. Then he goes on to say, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, if anyone eats of this bread, not McDonald's bread, this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of this world is my flesh. So the word gave himself his flesh so that we could always live. So I want you to think about that. So really what the Bible is, is God's last will and testament for you. I want you to get that. This is his will and testament for you. Now, some of you think this is for when I die. I got saved and I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah, that's true. But this is not just a fire insurance policy. I want you to hear this. This is his will and testament. You don't have to die. He already died for you. So this testament is in effect right now. So what does that mean? That means if you got a call from Uncle Bernie, your billionaire Uncle Bernie, and he told, and you got a call from, a, uh, from his lawyer saying, your great Uncle Bernie, the billionaire, died, if you got the call right now, you would not be sitting in this room. You would take off running. And he said, everything he has, he's given to you. What would you do? You'd leave right now. You better tithe on that too. Tell your neighbor, you better tithe on that right now. <laughs> Jesus' name. You think that's funny, but relationship, remember, this is not just a last will and testament. This is communication with God for us to be in relationship with Him. Relationship takes reciprocity. It's got to be reciprocal. Reciprocity. There we go. It's reciprocal. If I want to be in a great relationship, relationship with my wife 
I not just have to listen to everything she tells me to do. I got to do that too. If I want to be in good relationship with her, I got to do what she tells me to do. Amen, brothers? If you haven't figured it out, that's why you're having marriage problems. So not only do I have to be, do everything she tells me to do, we have to communicate. Amen? If I just spoke to her in sound bites, five-word text messages, love you, hey, honey, thinking about you, that'd be nice for a while, but if she never heard me face-to-face communicating that with her, we would not have a great relationship. But it's because we're in constant communication, daily, all the time. Call each other, I FaceTime around. Everything. I use every mode, smoke signals, everything. I do it all because I want to be in good relationship. Because I know if I'm not in good relationship, I'm not a happy man. Right? If you're not in good relationship with the Lord, so this is not just a conversation piece for you. To be in relationship with the Lord, this is hearing His voice, this is Him telling you, This is every promise, every testament, His will for your life. Amen? So if you don't pick up the phone from Uncle Bernie's attorney, you are missing out on every promise that he has for you. And who does that? Who doesn't want us to receive our inheritance? The devil. He wants you to think that your inheritance is all about when you go to heaven. He wants to distract you. He wants to confuse you. He doesn't want you to live in the provision that God has for you right now. The blessing of the Lord right now. We're so good at repeating behavior and going back to what we used to do. But God's saying, I need you to look at what I'm telling you to do right now. See, and the whole idea of God's Word is for us to match with what God wants. Not for you to try to make Him match to what you want, because what God wants for you in His Word is greater than what you can conjure up for yourself with His Word, manipulating His Word, and all of that. So tell your neighbor, words do matter. Tell your other neighbor, God's word matters. It matters. It matters. It matters that his word dwells inside of you. Not just in a beautifully bound book. Not just in that app you carry. But that it dwell inside of you. A well-known theologian from the 1600s, John Owens, said, If the word does not dwell in us with power... I want you to hear that with power, then it will not pass with power from us. If God's word does not dwell in us with power, it will not flow from us in power. God wants his word to dwell in you with that resurrection power, and he wants that word to flow through you with resurrection power. Amen. He wants you to be so changed in your life by his word that when you go to work on Monday they say who are you what's your name is it Paul no yes you used to be Saul but now you're Paul 
And I just hear the Lord saying, there's some of you, you need to think of yourself different than the way you saw. You need to leave those old things behind. You need to leave what other people say you were and move forward into what God says you was. Amen? Because the earth may pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Jesus said it in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will by no means pass away. His word will do what it set out to do. I want you to hear that. God's word will do what it set out to do. Now when his word is in partnership with you, he'll wait for you. He'll wait for you. But his word will accomplish what he set out to do. What if there's promises, inheritances that God has for you yesterday and now, but you haven't seen them just because you have not agreed. Your spirit man has not agreed with the sperma of God's word that he's placed inside of you. What if it just takes you saying, you know what? I'm going to get my head out of it. I'm going to get my emotions out of it. I'm going to get my feelings out of it. And I'm going to put let my spirit man agree with it and watch how faith will arise. Because the Bible said, one, it's impossible to please God without faith. But it also says faith comes by hearing. And what? And hearing the word of the Lord. If you don't hear God's word, you will never have faith to act on God's word. You could sing the best songs. You could know the best quotes. You could do the Shiloh jig, and you might be the best one at it. Issues in your life may come and not blow you over, but if you do not allow God's Word to reside in you and agree with your spirit, man, you will not have the faith to accomplish what God's called us to do. John 1.3 says, all things are made through him. So what do you have to do with it? Let me say that again. All things are made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So what do we have to do with it? I'm asking you, what do I have? What's love got to do, got to do with it? I start thinking about my wife, see? That's got communication. What's love but a second-hand emotion? Love you. I sang that for you. I'm going to get some good food for the football game today. Amen. See, the Bible says when we allow God's flesh, right? John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And the glory of the one and only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He wants his glory to be fully beheld in your life. He wants it. He wants that. He wants that flowing through you. He wants people to see that word come to life inside of you. He wants to activate Something amazing in you. But if you don't hear the word, you won't have the faith 
to see it come to pass in your life. What does it take? Faith. The seed is sown. It's agreeing with your spirit, man. And what does it take? Faith. Amen? Faith comes by hearing the word. Not the daily post. Not the daily tweet. But getting into God's word. One of my favorite Proverbs, when I first got saved, the book I read all the time was Proverbs. All the time. Every day. Every day. Every day. And Proverbs 4, 5 through 7 says, get wisdom. You want to know where wisdom comes from? God's word. Not man's opinion. You could go to them. You could talk to them. But it comes from God's word. Then it says, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. There's some words some of you have forgotten that God has spoken to you and over you. I hear the Lord saying, those are coming back to your remembrance this year. You will begin to see them, amen, take root. Not only that, you'll begin to see doors of favor open up. Don't wonder why that closed, that door closed. The Lord says, because I had a better door for you, amen. But I want you walking through that door with me, declares the Lord, with my glory, with my word, with faith in me, because what will come your way, the only thing that will sustain you for that victory is your partnership with God and His Holy Spirit. Amen? So we need to stand on His Word. We need to live according to His Word. Amen? James 1.21 says, Receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your soul. Do you hear that? Your soul doesn't get saved, transformed. I don't want to get too much into sanctification. Changed. We'll talk about that later in this series. Until the Word of God gets implanted in your soul, man. It uses the word implanted. Some versions say, some versions say grafted. How many of you know grafting takes some time? We have a gal at work who son burnt his hand on Christmas he had they owned some camp cats how many of you own cats I recommend you get rid of them <laughs> bless the Lord no sent me hate mail I don't know. so these cats went and ate up the Christmas light cord and they had a, a, a real Christmas tree and the thing lit on fire. And he was there with his kids, and he grabbed the tree. And he, all he was thinking about with his wife, his kids, grabbed the tree. It was his left hand, happened to be left-handed, and pulled it out from his house into the front yard. But burnt his ankle, burnt his face, burnt his arm. So now what they're doing is grafting parts of his skin from other places to that part, right? That process will take a while, right? Before that skin becomes his hand skin, it will take a while. So there's some word that God has grafted in your spirit, man, but it will take a while for you to begin to see the fruit of it. Is it there? Yes. Is it grafting? Yes. Right now, the process of grafting is occurring, but you will have 
full function of that art in Jesus' name. But you have to have a humble heart, a meek heart to receive what the word of the Lord is saying to you today. John 6, 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. Amen? The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, the word of God that he's speaking to you now in this season and in this hour, they are spirit and they are life. Blessed. Tell your neighbor, you're about to be blessed. If you get into God's word, you will know the blessing of God. Amen? And then I love what Pete, see, out of all of them, you think Peter was the more difficult one of the bunch. But he got some fresh revelation at this point. Because if you jump down to verse 68, it says, Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. See, Peter was getting on some. He knew that the only word was Jesus, and he was the word made flesh. He was saying, where will we go? And Jesus was saying, I'm it. I will die for you. I will abide with you. I will give you a Holy Spirit, and you will begin to bear fruit in your life the same way that the Spirit is in me, like Pastor Melinda read to me. Greater works than these. He said, better for you it is that I go. Because a comforter is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. And he's going to make that word in your spirit, man, react and begin to take root and grow and become what God's called it to be. Amen? Amen. So a renewed mind comes from spending time in the word. That engrafted word, that implanted word. It is that word that changes family relationships. It is that word that brings healing. It is that word that will cause miracles to happen in your life. It is that word that transforms even your dreams. I want you to hear that. It's that word that brings peace and life to every area of your body. It is him. It is that word. I want you to hear this again. Engrafting takes time. Amen? Engrafting takes time. God's going to do something amazing. There are some things connecting in your spirit, man, right now that you will begin to see the fruit of, and you're going to be astonished by the goodness of the Lord. You're going to be astonished by the maturity in your life. You're going to look back and say, was that me? That will be your testimony. Was that me? I am no longer that person anymore because the word has produced something amazing in me. Play that funky music, John. <laughs> Amen. Tell your neighbor it begins with the word. It ends with the word. The word has the final say. I want you to hear this. The word of God is the currency to the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? The word of God is the currency to the kingdom of God. 
I don't know where you've been putting your trust at lately, but I believe the Lord is speaking right now. Will you put your trust and your faith in my word? There's some of you, you, you see the phone ring and you see who the call comes from and fear begins to arise. And the Lord's saying, you don't need to worry about bad news anymore. Those things that used to throw you off will not throw you off any longer because of my word. I told the first story, uh, the service, a story of how there was a season in my life and it just felt like all this stuff was coming against me. I was young and just accepted the Lord. I was growing. It was crazy. Isn't it crazy when you first receive Jesus? Just everything is amok. Amok. And I remember I said, Lord, I'm standing on you. I'm standing on you. I'm standing you. And I had to literally take my shoes off. Because I'm kind of more of a vigil person. And I had to take his word. And I had to say, Lord, I don't stand on anything or anybody else. I don't stand on the wisdom of man. I don't stand on what others say. Father, today I stand on your word. I stand on your word. I stand on your word. I don't care what others are saying or even doing. I want you to listen to that. It doesn't matter what others are doing. Don't let the little foxes spoil the vine. Amen? Abide. Last sermon series, John 15, 1 and 5 through 5. What does it say? Abide. 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 We need to abide connected to the word, to the vine. And out of there, we will no life. Did you hear that? You will know life. Right now, every eye closed, every head bowed. I'll have you stand up in a bit. But if you're in this room with frustration, there's some people in here, you are so frustrated. You're at your wit's end to where it's even anger. It's not that it's bad or wrong. It's just you've gone beyond yourself. You've been standing on too many other things, not just on Christ and his word but you've been standing on the opinions of others and injustices and the stuff you see and there's a frustration in you and I believe the Lord's coming to bring peace peace by the Holy Spirit and even a voice to you so that you will bring wisdom to those situations every eye closed, every head bowed if that's you, can you raise your hand and say that's me, I want to pray for you I hear the Lord saying that very clearly. Even the words, you're at your wit's end. You've even used it. I'm at my wit's end. Even in position. See, the Bible tells us about our position. Keep your hand raised because I'm going to pray for you. But if you spend time in the word, you understand who you are in God. Your position in him as a child of God, as part of the kingdom of God. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Come on, husbands, don't look over and see if it's your wife with her hand up frustrated about you. Come on, keep your eye closed. Husbands, if that's you, just raise your hand. Father, I thank you for every person here who's willing to submit themselves to you, raise their hands to you, and say, Father, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what else to do. I've done I can't, well, all I can do. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, you have. Now it's time for you to allow me to move. 
Allow me to have my way. Allow me to transform that situation. And I hear the Lord clearly saying, I brought you to this place so that you could live at a place of reliance on me. So you could trust me. And so you can see what happens when you put your faith and your trust in me. Because I want to grow your faith, declares the Lord. I am growing you spiritually through this process, declares Jesus. So, Father, right now, I pray that this is going to be a season of hearing your word, hearing your voice. Father, where they live, each person here lives tuned in to the promises of God for their life. I just hear the Lord saying, it's not over. Some of you think it's over. The Lord is saying, it is not over. Whatever report you believe today will determine the future you experience. Amen? You experience your perspective. You experience your viewpoint. And the Lord's saying right now, whose report will you believe? If I've made the promise, it is done. It is done. If God spoke it, it is done. The check is signed, it's cashed, it's deposited, it is done. It is done. You don't need to worry about anything, it is done. I hear the Lord saying, you don't need to worry about that son, it is done. My word is in them. Don't worry, he's bucking a little bit, he will come home, declares the Lord. It is done. That relationship will be healed. It is done. It is done. It is done. You will have a great marriage. Amen? There's some here that are scared of getting into a relationship because of generations of bad relationships. And the Lord says, you're not part of that lineage anymore. You're my child. You're a kingdom heir. You're grafted in with Christ. You will have a different type of relationship. You won't step into it with fear. And your family will be caught off guard and salvation will come even to your family, declares the Lord. Generations will be saved because of the mighty thing I'm doing in you and will do through a new relationship. Don't worry, they'll come to you. Don't worry, they will come to you, declares the Lord. Can I have you stand up? If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can you raise your hand? Every eye's closed, every head's bowed. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. Today is your day to ask Jesus to be your Lord. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want every gift, every promise that you have for me. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. Help me to stop living my way. And I go your way in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. We invite you to join us at Shiloh Church for worship, 
prayer, and the message of God every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or watch us online at shilohchurch.com.